for this. What is nothing? Hey, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Welcome to That's Deep Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I'm your host, Christina Pajitsky, and um, this week I'm actually in Montreal, going to the Montreal Comedy Festival. Oh, <laughs> the best, best part about that festival is just seeing your comedian friends, um, who you see every week at the comedy store, but for some reason it's... It's way more fun to hang out with them in the lobby of a hotel in a in another country, right? Um, bros, hey, listen. If you live in the Los Angeles area, come see me do stand-up comedy uh, at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, August 7th and 8th. Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, August 7th and August 8th. Just That's like a Friday and Saturday. It's such a good club. I really like the owners. I like the venue. Very good place to see stand-up, too. Very small. It's not, it's not a shitty experience. I guarantee you're going to like it. Um, so come peep that. Also, hey, do you shop on Amazon? <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Please use my banner next time you do your shopping on Amazon. Um, it just helps kick back some coins to the show. If you go to thatsdeepbropodcast.com, click on the banner. It says Amazon. And just do your shopping as you normally would, and it, it would help me tremendously. In fact, just bookmark it bookmark my little, you know, banner portal, and then you don't have to think about it. So, bros, today's topic, um, I'm going to do the topic of sabotage, self-sabotage, and uh, and motivation, because some of you wrote in, written in, wrote in, um, asking about to, the topic of motivation. I think that's a great idea. Uh, and also kind of what goes hand in hand with that is self-sabotage. Why don't we do the things we know we should do? God, I, who hasn't? Um, <laughs> I, I don't do what I'm supposed to do a lot. I don't exercise as much as I probably should. <laughs> eat the things I'm supposed to do. Why Eat the things I'm supposed to eat and love. I don't know. Anyway, my friend Pat Keen is back, and uh, we're going to discuss it. And he gives some really great sports analogies for those of you who loves sports, Pat Keen. Get deep on it, guys. Here we go. Self-sabotage and motivation. Enjoy. Stop.
Hi, Pat Keen. Thank Hi. you for joining. Yeah, thanks for having. It's great here. It's like the hottest day in Los Angeles. It is, and we're near the water, which it's normally <laughs> not as hot, but this is hot. This is crazy. Right on the water. Here. And yesterday it was dumping rain, and the whole city shut down. Yeah. Oh, it's it. unbelievable. We're pathetic. It's a joke. <laughs> it's like there's not even traffic yet. There is traffic, and it's like, yeah. Is the rain the only reason there's traffic? Yes. yes. Yeah. We're People so stop to look at it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Stop <laughs> to look at it. Uh, well, anyways, what do you have anything coming up that you want to plug or? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to do a show in the belly room in the comedy store yeah. um, on September 7th, which is so far, but, uh, I need not, to start plugging. Yeah. Best to plug now. Yeah. It's going to be 10 PM right after, uh, I think the Walsh brothers have an eight o'clock to not 10 o'clock or something. That's but, yeah. exciting. It'll be fun. It'll be like a talk show format. Fuck yeah. yeah. And you're also, I mean, this is in its infancy, but you're starting a podcast. Yes. I'll be starting a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. This, this month, July. So July, exciting. August, 2015. So, I mean, and do you have a theme song yet? No, I don't have a theme song. I have nothing. Oh my god! Um, this is it. So I'm putting it out there. If anybody has any ideas, send it in. Dude, that is the best. Can I tell you that the yeah. artwork for that's deep bro was done by listeners. Uh, the intro music that you hear is done by a listener in the outro. It's uh, it's like it's the best thing in the world with technology today. You can just put the call out there and someone will answer. So guys, if you want to help out Pat Keen, how can they get a hold of you? They can email me at uh, Pat. It's a new age email. It's patrickkeen at hotmail dot com. <laughs> It's uh, cutting edge. <laughs> You're so old. You got to change that. Well, I like I like keeping it there because <laughs> people oh, can't no. believe it, and then they have to really want it to get a hold of me. <laughs> so yeah, hotmail. Hot I have a Yahoo one, and I'm so embarrassed. Are you? Yeah, it's like having an AOL account so at this point. So it's so dating, but it's like, why can't I? I have a I Gmail, like but I don't tell people. I guess the Gmail's uh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty. pretty the hip. rad kids are. Um. All right. Well, hey, let's get into it. Yeah. So the topic of today, as we, as I said earlier, is motivation, and uh, why do people? Why do you blow it? Um, <laughs> I got this great email from a listener. I'm, I love these emails. Here, I'll, this is what got me started on this yeah. topic. Hi, Christina. I was talking with my girlfriend today, and she told me that she bombed a chem exam. She's taking summer courses. The things she said after this can be summed up by, quote, I just hate me. It's normal by now. And quote, you know better than anyone, my biggest bully is me. Unfortunately, this is not the first time she has said things like this. It crushes me to hear her say these things, but I feel the same damn way. Self-loathing and self-doubt plague me, but like my girlfriend, I think it's normal. Why is it that I feel this compulsion to downgrade myself and completely tear myself apart even when even a small thing like failing an exam occurs? Thank you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I can't relate to that one. We overthink it, right? We Jedi mind trick ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens. But do you, I think he's saying like, yeah, the self-loathing. It's interesting because I have this problem too where if stuff goes well, I feel really good about myself. And then if stuff goes bad, I'm like, oh, I'm the worst piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I, I think th- that's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, uh, at breakfast with this person this morning, this yes. friend was saying, she said, uh, you know, it's easier to fail at lower levels than higher levels. You know, once we fail in the spotlight, then we don't get over it. But if we, if we cut ourselves off before we ever get running, it's much easier to go and live your life. Like, isn't that crazy? Fuck. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Because it's like... Because if if it's at the smaller scale, you can be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not public. Cares. You know. I didn't try anyways. Or like, 
you can always go, yeah, you know, but if I had tried, I could have been awesome. Like you get to play the, the game of like, ah, I just didn't feel like it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a choice. Like you, killed you, it. You, you did it by choice. <laughs> and that's why everybody, everybody who knows everything is a taxi cab driver or a, uh, or a barber, you know? <laughs> It's like right. they know everything. Oh my gosh. You know, they never rolled the dice. That's so interesting you said that because yeah. I just started reading a book this morning. Hold on, let me find the yeah. title. And essentially, the premise of this book is like, do you act like you know everything or do you have an open mind? And I cannot. Oh, here was my iBooks. Hold on. Because I started to research this thing of self esteem and, and why is it that. Um, some people have it and, and some people don't. And how do I get more of it? Oh, it's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. D-W-E-C-K. And that's exactly it. She said it's what you said. Basically, it's like the cab drivers of the world are guys are guys and women who have a fixed mindset. Yeah. The whole thing of like, I know as much as I'm going to know. And every time I... I'm successful. It just confirms what I already know. And yeah. I get to feel good about myself. I get the pellet. I get the treat. And I don't have to feel like shit for failure. Yeah. And then the other mindset, which is what she's advocating, is like a growth mindset of, I try things. I like to learn. I like to grow. I like to try and fail. And it doesn't, it doesn't validate or invalidate me. Right. As a person. But I don't know how to get to that what, <laughs> healthy yeah. mindset. No, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I think when you withdraw from something, you pull yourself out, it's the ultimate sedative. Mm. Like, you're like, oh, look, not caring is the ultimate. I'm going to do a preemptive no care, (laughs) and you can't hurt me. Like, you're just protecting yourself, and you've got to be able to go fail, you know? That's huge, right? Don't be afraid to fail. I think a lot, like Dennis Rodman, who played basketball, there's going to be a few sports references, I think. That's fine. We never get them on this show. Yeah, he was an amazing defender because he wasn't afraid to look silly. Like, if someone Mm -hmm. slammed, dunked on him. Now you have, like, players that are more worried about looking cool. And they're like, I'm not going to try to stop LeBron because he's going to make me look silly on so ESPN. Wait, sorry, what? So what is Den- I don't understand. Dennis don't Rodman wasn't afraid. He was an unbel- He was like the best defensive player ever in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because he wasn't afraid to look silly if someone beat him. Okay. If I someone shot Jordan shoot a three on him, or someone took him to the basket and slam dunked on him, he wasn't afraid of looking silly. Right. Because it happened once in a while, but. So the good part of that was he was also the best defensive player of all time. Right. Now players are like, oh, man, I don't want to look silly on TV. So if someone's right. going for it, I'm just going to kind of back off here. But it's like, don't be afraid to look silly. Don't be afraid to look like you're trying. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I kind of I did this show called Funniest Wins a year ago, like with Marlon Lands. It was this contest show for yeah. comedians. It was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Like really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really tested my um, just my ability to, to be shamed. Because, like, you know, it's it's got to be a reality show where they have to build it up if you fail. They have to, like, give you the talking to about what you did wrong. And, and like, the point, it's it's a show. So right. they have to humiliate you. And I remember, like, one time I just bombed out. I forget which less whatever challenge it was. And I was like, wait. And I remember I was up there being grilled on the hot seat. And I'm like, yeah, it's comedy. And yeah. I swung for the fences and I missed. And in comedy, you're just going to you're going to strike out. You're going to say something that people won't laugh at. And that's part of the process. And I was like, don't fucking shame me for it. I was like, I accept responsibility for the failure and I'll try again. I'll try again tomorrow. And I have that with comedy. Comedy's like, oh yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll just get up tomorrow and do it. But I think in other things in life, like you said, when it's, 
when the stakes are higher, when it's a public thing. Oh, yeah. If you, oh. If you, it's humiliation. It's like, uh, what was I comparing it to? Like politics. If you only get one term as a president, then people are like, oh, failure. Really? They were president <laughs> of the world, basically, for four years. <laughs> Loser. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they had a good run, you know. Yeah, and when, when the humiliation's heaped on people, it tends to crumble them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Failing Forward, this book I'm reading, too. Like, That's great, yeah. Dude, you read concept. that? No, but Irwin, Brian Irwin's always talking about failing forward, and it really is yeah, the best advice. Brian. Yeah, Yeah, and yeah. Um, in it, they talk about the Wright brothers, and the predecessor to the Wright brothers was this guy, Langley. And he was like a millionaire, and he was a genius, and he was trying to do what the Wright brothers were doing, but he failed. Mm-hmm. And he was so shamed publicly by the media that it shut him down. And he was like, forget it. Fuck this. Why am I going to try to help people fly? Fuck you guys. And that's when the Wright brothers came in. And they were like, oh, we're just too scrappy. They weren't Mm -hmm. rich people. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they weren't necessarily. And that's, that's the interesting thing. And in this book that I'm, that Carol Dweck book, is like, it's not about being smarter. It's just about persistence and, um, trying to be better at what you're doing yeah learning keep, keep going back yeah right yeah even in stand-up like look at i'm not going to say who's made it that we know and who hasn't and who's hit it really big but the people that have made it huge aren't really the funniest you no. know we did shows with them or yes. we were in the groundlings with them or whatever and i'm like oh that person wow okay it was just kind of grit or they just kept going or they were very honest on stage uh and they built from there but it's not the best you know and it, but that's also the the blessing is that you don't have to be quote the at least in our business yeah. the best to there's a there's a to succeed there's a lot of people who get it on moxie mm-hmm. on perseverance on tenacity on connections yeah on whether or not they were supported financially by their parents when they came to LA and didn't necessarily have to have a day job maybe yeah. they could you know that that really helps there's a lot of factors to success that that are out of your hands. Yeah. You know, what family were you born into? Um, you know, you're yeah, not going to, oh, yeah, you're yeah. not going to go to night school and get that high school diploma. If you know, your baby daddy's not paying your rent, <laughs> <laughs> you know, true, but true story. Like yeah. you, you can want it, but sometimes you can't have it. Yeah. And it's a lot, a lot of that stuff is out of your, uh, out of your control. The, um, yeah, no, it's, it's but true. But the, the, the willingness to look like a fool is really interesting, and Dennis Robin's really good at that. Yeah, he was, because he, he looks silly, <laughs> yeah, and, and he does it off, off the court as well. Yeah, still, yeah. But no, it's true, I think in sports and in politics and in entertainment, um, like the Buffalo Bills are famous because they lost four straight Super Bowls, four straight times, you know, they went to the big stage and, wow. and lost, and so people are, they make fun of the coach, the organization, the quarterback, but... Four, my dad used to say, oh, man, I wish my team made it four straight times. It was great, you know? Yeah. It's like a, a glorious tragedy or something. But, you know, you rolled the dice. It's Dude, they got to the Super Bowl. Four times, yeah, in a row. Like, nobody, I don't know if anybody's ever done that in the history. Like, you got to this, yeah. that nobody does huge, that. Man. And Or if you get your own show and it gets canceled, and then it's yeah. like, oh, and then people, you know, go to the bottle or whatever. And it's like, no, yeah. you had your own show for a sec. You did it. Yeah. Like, you beat the, the odds that are stacked against you. So how good that your dad kind of knows to think that way. Is yeah, he, he, he's great. He was great. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, that would be, that would be great to make it. And you know, if you get a chance, cause sometimes, yeah, I don't know, it's great. There was, there was a great story about, uh, the center for the Raiders in before the Super Bowl, the starting you center. You really are full of sports. Artists. Yeah. A little too much. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't much. know this. But no, how, no, but I like more it. how they apply to life, not the stats so much yeah. as, as 
like Barrett Robbins was a, a guy's name. He was the center for the Raiders. And the night before the Super Bowl in 02, he went down to TJ. Super Bowl was in San Diego. He goes no. down to TJ and does like ecstasy <laughs> or, and coke it. and gets like tripped out. And like <laughs> he couldn't play in the game the next day. Of course. I mean, he, <laughs> and so they had, so right away they're like, wow, we're without our, one of our main guys. Wow. And, uh, you know, what do you do? And that's clear. That's a huge sabotage that's thing. That's sab- right? So let's talk. First, let me bring up, let's, let's, hold on. I wanted to yeah. bring up this thing by Dostoevsky about, about inertia. And then let's go to sabotage. Because yeah. I think the, that's a kissing cousin of inertia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is this fantastic philosophy book called Notes from Underground by, I think it's Fedor. I always said Fed, Fedor. Dostoevsky. Yeah. And did you ever read Dostoevsky in college? Uh, which does he have? What's the small little uh, <laughs> uh, Brothers Karamazov? Which is, is that? Oh, him? is no. that him? I no. think. Is it Hold him? on. Who has the one about the three by eight foot cell or whatever? Three. All it's you need probably is probably him. He Hold gets on. somebody goes to jail for murdering their landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that him? Hold on. The, you know these Russians. Oh yeah. He's so depressed. He's so great. Those are rough winners. God. Fuck. Oh Crime and Punishment, Crime the punishment, brothers Karamazov. Yeah. Karamazov. That's Fedor. Dostoevsky. Okay. <laughs> he had four kids, two spouses. Okay, he led a full life. He's from St. Petersburg. Uh, born in 1821. Yeah, died at 60. Not bad. Um, kind of depressed, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. A lot of the... A lot of the Ruskies. A lot of the Ruskies, Eastern a lot blockers, of the great writers, man. people that overthink and contemplate. And, that, and that's you know. it. And that's what uh, Notes from Underground is about, the overthinking and the overcomplicating. Okay, so this is possibly one of my favorite um, first few sentences of a book ever, and it made me laugh so hard when I was like 20 years old reading this for the first time. Okay, it goes like this. This is Notes from Underground. It, this is the first few <laughs> sentences. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unpleasant man. I think my liver is diseased. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> How not even fucking by, great is it. that, bro? Not even by cho- not even by alcohol, but by just will and choice. <laughs> like it's just disease. Yeah. That's great. Right. He goes, however, I don't know beans about my disease and I am not sure what is bothering me. I don't treat it and never have. Though I respect medicine and doctors. Besides, I am an extremely superstitious, let's say sufficiently so, to respect medicine. I am educated enough not to be superstitious, but I am. No, I refuse to treat it out of spite. You probably will not understand that. Well, but I understand it. Of course, I can't explain to you just whom I am annoying in this case by my spite. I am perfectly well aware that I cannot get even with my doctors by not consulting them. I know better than anyone that I thereby injure only myself and no one else. But still, if I don't treat it, it is out of spite. My liver is bad. Well, then let it get worse. I mean, and, and basically, the, it's inertia. And he says, this is one of my favorite lines in philosophy. I swear, gentlemen, that to be too conscious is an illness, a real thoroughgoing illness. So consciousness as an illness is a really interesting idea. Yeah. No, it is, because <laughs> would you rather be the clown that's like walking off the cliff and laughing all the way to death, you know? Right. Or do you want that consciousness that... Right, or too much of it, yeah. over the overthinking, the, uh, the and what happens when you overthink it is inertia, and that's what Dostoevsky's idea was of inertia, mm-hmm. when you can't move at all. It's a, pr- a physics principle, right? Yeah, yeah. So you need something to act upon you to kind of get rolling again. Um, but what keeps people in inertia what keeps you stuck 
You know, a lot of times it's fear of shame, yep. fear of failure. Self-hatred is is a biggie too. Yeah. Self-hatred, uh, fear, fear of, I don't know, success, exposure. Like, Ooh, yeah, fear of success yeah. is sometimes even scarier than fear right? of failure. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah. can I, it's like speed wobbles. It's like, oh my God, why haven't I fallen? I've never gone this long on the skateboard without falling. <laughs> I better fall soon. Uh, even if right. then I'm going to make myself fall, you know, or, or riding a bike for the first time or, yeah. Or if you're water skiing and you're up and you're like, wow, I'm really doing it, <laughs> yeah. you know, can't control it, you know. Yeah, no, I've who hasn't I've done that before too. You have to let go. But the self-loathing part is really interesting because I was reading a thing about narcissistic parents because my parents are totally narcissistic, and the thing that they do is um, oh, that's just, just sirens. Um, the thing that the yeah, is that it makes you feel inherently like shit having narcissistic parents because they validate you. They like, let's say you get a... Um, Conditional love. Like, yeah, you have to do yep. something to get loved by Nailed them. Nailed okay. it. There you go. Yeah. Or if you make a good piece of art as a kid, it's not the art's good or you did a good work. It's you're a genius. They yeah. inflate you only to deflate you later because they hate themselves. Yeah. What the fuck ever? It's too convoluted. But the point of it is, a lot of times that self-loathing doesn't even belong to you, kiddo. Oh, yeah. It's put there oh, yeah. through teachers or yeah, that's, parents inadvertently... Yeah. And I'm not blaming the parent because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. They were 25 when they had you or 30. Yeah, they weren't right. even a fully evolved human. Not people. Yeah. Uh, but that stuff isn't, isn't, isn't yours, that self-loathing no. shit. I mean, we know people who self-sabotage. You and I are friends. with. We have a mutual friend, I would say, um, who really self-sabotaged himself <laughs> consistently. Right. right. I think you know what I'm referring to. I'm going to say uh, who it is. But. Yeah. What well, can you tell? Um, I, think, <laughs> I mean, there's so many, especially in the stand-up world. Yeah. And even myself included. I mean, I think a lot, like a lot of comics, if, if you're a fan of stand-up and you see comics play to the back of the room, uh, if especially if they come up in L.A. where a lot of times the audiences are, are, are small or there are other comics. So you start playing to the back of the room, playing to other comics, and then that becomes your set. And then yeah. you go play wherever, in Denver or Texas or Florida. Yeah. And people like, you know, uh, civilian audiences are like, what's this guy talking about? And it's like, oh, he's doing back of the room stuff. Yeah. And sabotaging before the set, before his personality even, you know, flourishes on stage. Yeah. But that, so for people who don't know what that means to play the back of the room, it means that you're playing to the knucklehead comics in the you back. Know, just trying to make them laugh. Who are yeah. also self-loathers right. and... You know, what we do, we all do it as comics. You love to snicker in the back of the room when your friend's bombing. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is to get in the back of the room and, and laugh your ass off. Yeah. That's like our favorite pastime oh, is to yeah. shit on the dude who's eating it. Yeah. It's better than, I don't know, it's better than the audience <laughs> watching, you know, Bill Cosby or, 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 well, or, you know, whomever, Seinfeld, you know, but, uh, Gaffigan, you know, you're, you're having more fun out of the suffering or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But that that's the thing is that but that goes back to what that mindset thing I was talking about is that she says people with fixed mindsets like this is all I'm going to know I validate they tend to appreciate people doing shittier than them because yeah. it just validates you like look at that piece of shit oh it feels so good it yeah. feels good I'm so good yeah. rather than go and watch Chappelle work out his new hour down at the comedy right. store and the you know in the OR one night like. Yeah. So it's like, do I go with the people that are beneath me so that I feel better? Or do I ride with fucking eagles mm-hmm. and then hope to become an eagle myself? Yeah. 
Because, fuck, it's harder... You know, because then it can hurt your self-esteem. It can hurt your sense of self if you're flying with eagles, right? Right. They're right. That's rough. You know, you're like, oh, it's so much better than me. Yeah. Louis C.K. is so much funnier than me. How yeah. can I watch Louis C.K.? Yeah. How can I watch Chris Rock work something out in the OR? Like, oh, my God. It's so right. amazing. Where's the safe? Can I go back to dating that ugly person or, or, or whatever? <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting, too. Have yeah. you done that before? Um, I think we all have, right? <laughs> Just... It's easier to date that person and then, you know, <laughs> than, than, than really watch my diet and exercise and oh, good habits. That's um, my big self-sabotage. So, yeah, you want to, uh, I don't know, you, like the Chappelle show is interesting. Like, do you think he, he sabotaged that show? Like, there was no reason, I don't, why did he pull it off the air? Do you think he was like, boy, this is too good? I mean, because he was saying at the time that what? There were too many Comedy Central decision makers in on the, the final product. I don't know what reason he had for leaving. I mean, you know, I think oh my it's God. easy for me to say, but like, why not stretch it out another two seasons and then call it quits? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think you're right. Do you though. think he like, oh, this is too much? I would say that 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 Chappelle thing was one of the ultimate, one of the biggest self-sabotage there's another one. I think there was a moment when Andrew Dice Clay was at the top of his game in like the mm-hmm. 90s. That's another good example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I love Dice. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I loved it. By the way, like there's two funny guys. And, right. But I remember when Dice went on SNL and uh, the women were mad. Right. All the feminists. I'm a feminist. Right. Um, but I still think Dice is funny. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they didn't want him on and yeah. they protested. Yeah. And then Dice apologized. Oh, he apologized huh? for being, yeah. Like, I'm sorry I offended people. And, uh, he lost a ton of respect and you're like, motherfucker, like, you know, not to do that. That's like rule number one of comedy is your job is to offend and don't backpedal. And I think he self-sabotaged in that way. Yeah. There's Roseanne singing the national anthem poorly. <laughs> yeah, what was that about? Why did they even have her? What did they expect to happen when they brought know. her to do that? Yeah. Well, she, you know, it was a bad decision, I'm sure. And yeah, but like, but that didn't ruin her or anything, right? It, or, did. it did. I think yeah. it really put her right. Because then she grabbed her crotch and spit or something <laughs> yeah. afterward. Which, yeah. yeah hey, yeah. man, you know, who knows, yeah. dude? You get yeah. you get in a weird headspace and you do shit you think is funny at the time. Or, yeah. But you know, deep down, you probably shouldn't mock the national anthem. Right, right. In a, like in the middle of the country. God, is that where she was? Like St. Louis? I can't something? remember. But I know to this day I did... Um, I did this comedy channel in Texas and I was like, you get to like host for an hour or whatever and, and play all your favorite comics. And I go, Oh, I love Roseanne. Can I play her? And, um, the girl goes, yeah, the, the owner won't have her stuff in here. I go, wow. why? Well, because she sang the national anthem in the late eighties or nineties Yeah, or, <laughs> or butchered it. Right, of, yeah, right. Yeah. But like he's still offended at something oh that God. happened in yeah. the fucking 90s, that's bro. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's Fuck like a off. restaurant refusing. We're, we don't serve Jane Fonda because of what she said about <laughs> Vietnam, you know, in the 70s. But that Chappelle thing, you're right. And that's yeah. something that I'm still not able to wrap my head around. I just, like. I just can't. I don't buy the reason that is the reason. If that was the reason he gave, I don't think that that was, that, that was valid. You know, like yeah. you had you know, you were calling the shots, man, you know? Yeah. So it's just cause you maybe didn't want all that responsibility or something, you know, you see a lot of kids quit. I mean, when I watch comedy, so much of it's like sports in junior high or high school where like somebody was a superstar and they just didn't want to like, oh, I'm out of here. This is kind of weirdly too much responsibility. Oh, and the best yeah. ones leave before they even get great. I think that's, excuse me, part of it. 
Um, yeah, is that uh, if you don't... Because I think what inevitably happens, at least in the fame machine, and I'm starting to see it happen with Amy Schumer, is like the media will build you up mm-hmm. and then they'll begin to tear you down because it sells more yeah. papers. Yeah. Now you're at the top and they can shit on you and everybody knows who you are and it sells. So I think Chappelle, maybe, maybe that's what got him was I'm so big, my show is so successful, yeah. there's only one way to go from here. And if you if you look at those arena comics, that is that's just a trajectory. Yeah. That's the nature of the beat. Look at Dane Cook's career. Yeah. Through I mean, that guy couldn't be bigger. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. And I don't know if he saw I, I know that he had hired a guy, his money manager, was that his oh, brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. Something like that. Something pretty and you're the thinking pretty dead on there. Yeah. Ripped him off financially and then his parents died or something and like it really messed up his Yeah. His mojo, yeah. but um, yeah, maybe Chappelle was afraid of of bigger success or of failure rather. Right, because watching Chappelle down. now, it's like, what are you, <coughs> what are you getting up for? Like, you had a show on Comedy Central. What are you building towards now? Or maybe that's what he's like. Oh, let's see if we can do this again. Maybe I don't know, but it's like you don't get bigger than your own show <coughs> oh, on and it was Comedy so Central. Funny. Yeah, and it was going viral, and every you know that was the last show that everybody was talking about those episodes. You know, because oh, that was after so Seinfeld, funny. and and now there's no shows that everybody <coughs> knows. You know, that's that. That's that. Like, oh, did you see that episode or that sketch? Or yeah, Kim Peel. I hear Peel people. A little bit, Schumer yeah. show too. People talk yeah. about Amy. Um, yeah, but you're right. I think on that where everybody there was everybody going Rick James bitch. Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, Every, Rick James, your dad bitch. knew Rick yeah. James bitch. Yeah. Like or black white supremacist. Oh, or, so, or, good. so good. So good. That was the, that was best, the best sketch ever. So. Uh, did uh, Aaron von Schoenfeld had a great tweet or a post uh, about Amy Schumer the other day? She's like, "Hey, does, hey guys, does anybody know what Amy Schumer's up to these days?" <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I shared it. So funny. Yeah. Because um, yeah, they're just blasting, blowing her out of the water. Yeah, man. it's upsetting because it, I just well, it might just be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fame machine, yeah. and it it takes you up and it knocks you down. And hopefully, the key is to I think to be able to weather that without completely imploding with mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol you know or or whatever it is that your vice is like yeah. if you look at belushi oh yeah oh, shit that guy couldn't be more famous and right. he completely unraveled he sabotaged too yeah but why but why that's yeah. the thing and you go is it because they're f- i i think some of it is okay so like with this guy's email yeah she bombed her chem exam i just hate me it's normal by now you know better than anyone my biggest bully is me. So she kind of went into this, it sounds like, chem, summer chem class going, well, I'm an idiot. I can't, I can't do chemistry. I'm a dope. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to fail it. So then she fails, and she meets her expectation of failure. And right. now you can go, see, I told you. Yeah. What did I tell you? I'm a yeah. fucking loser, man, just like my mom said, my dad yeah. said, just like, just like I knew I would be. So you've, she set herself up for it. Yeah. And that's devastating. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's just you against yourself. It's just that <sighs> test. You know, you don't have to. Nailed it's not a competition. It. You know, it's you. It's you versus you. Right. Like if you're in the class with other people, it's like, oh, I can't do as good as that person. Well, why not just worry about, I don't know. Why not worry about the test? It, it's funny when it's in sports, you know, there's like you, like if you run track, it's you against the clock. Mm-hmm. When you play football or basketball or tennis, it's you against that person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a weird What's the greater battle? Mm-hmm. But don't you think with sports, because my husband loves football, yeah. 
and he always talks about like different athletes and he loves this I think for the same reason you do God you two should get together and do a sport show yeah no we should I'm gonna show actually actually, you saying that just triggered I'm gonna send him something uh, this week about yeah you guys would really get along talking about the sports stuff I mean you already know Tommy but um, oh but I think with the fascination I, I like let's that show uh, 40 for 40. Yeah, 30 for 30. 30 yeah, for 30. That's Sorry, that's, that's deuce, deuce. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's juice. That's so cute. <laughs> 40 for 40. Sorry. That's so oh, funny. Oh, no, I'm so unprofessional. Um, oh, that show, and I love it because so much of that is about the mental space that oh, athletes have to be in. Yeah. Because I'm not good. At, I'm, I tell you what, in certain areas of my life, I'm extremely disciplined. I'm extremely focused mm-hmm. and I do not sabotage because I'm, but then in physical areas, I'm convinced that I can act. I'm, not, I'm just not physical. I'm not a good person to do this. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. You can, we can. Who the fuck yeah. said that? Yeah. Who said I can, I'm not athletic? Me. Yeah. Or maybe my parents or whoever told me as a child. Yeah. And I'm going to believe that crap into my adulthood. No, that's on, that's on me now. Yeah. Same thing with his broad. Listen. She thinks she's bad at chemistry. Well, no one may, said you have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough to pass the fucking yeah, class. Just, yeah. Just get so, pass it and get out of there and move on to something you like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that you can look back and be proud. You're like, wow, I hated chemistry and I still got the C plus and got out of there. And just get through it. You yeah. don't have to be the best. And I think perfectionism is another thing that stops people. It's a huge people. thing in America and, and yeah. manifest destiny and all that. Yeah. And, and Japan too, with the, when, Ooh, when people don't yeah. pass their entrance exams and they commit suicide. <laughs> Sucks like, to oh, be a Jesus. teenager in Japan. Oh, God. They still do that stuff? They still, yeah. The, the high school is really tough. Getting into a good university, it says everything. And it's like, it's like in Goodwill Hunting. Make sure you got your shit taken care of at home before you start, you know, trying to get out there too soon. Yeah. You know, uh, you're better off loving the kids unconditionally. Yeah. Because you lived in Japan for a yeah, while, Yeah, I lived right? there two years, yeah. yeah. And did you see that whole process of people? Yeah, you saw that. Because I, I would teach uh, English I would in my spare time I'd tutor English. I was a student, but I'd tutor at high schools. Oh, you were a student too? Yeah, I was I an exchange student. Yeah. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Oh th- I thought you went after college for some reason. I went to Korea after college. So it's Look I went to you. two yeah, in my twenties, three years in Asia. So weird. Two different countries. Like nobody does that, you know. That's awesome. It was great. Yeah. Well, I I've been to Korea. I love Korea. Yeah, it's fantastic. It blew my mind. Yeah. It's like another planet, dude. And Japan yeah. I'd love to see too. Yeah, you'd love so, Japan too. They'd go crazy you, for your blonde oh, hair. They, but they didn't Yeah, they did yeah, Korea. No, I love telling them it was real. And my huge tits. Oh, yeah, they freaked out. Oh, sure. No, they lose their mind. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking at their bra store and they oh, got tiny yeah, little not, titties. Yeah, yeah. There's no bras no, in there no, no. for me. No, it can mess up a, a white, a white, any Western woman, <laughs> white or black or Hispanic, goes to Asia. They're like, oh. they get like body issues, body image yeah. issues. Yeah. Because I went to buy blue jeans, blue jeans. Who says that? I'm such a foreigner. Jeans. <laughs> and I. Uh, and uh, I was like, do, do you guys have like my size? And she's like, oh, no, you need the extra large. You oh, need the egg. And I'm like, yes, oh. bitch. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> she was looking at me like oh, I was just God. Godzilla. Right. Because you you're in East fat Asia. bitch. That was yeah. East, like Southeast Asia, uh, Philippines, Thailand, a little more round, a little more Rubenesque. Yeah. But East Asia where there's no, yeah. How come? Why are they so skinny? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's cultural? Cultural pressure. evolution. They had to stay thin. The summers can be brutal. Yeah, no summer. body hair. Nobody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, tutoring at those schools, you saw that. And I'm like, look, we're having fun. English is going to be fun. I don't want you to worry about getting grammar right. I just want you to worry right. about talking. Um, and, you know, I'd bring chocolates and I'm, I'd move the desks so they're in a circle. I didn't want rows 
and like any hierarchy thing. Like I'm like, we're in a circle here. You know, sometimes we're just going to sit Indian style here. And and the better students learning a second language were all the, just the ones kind of that talk. Don't worry about being right. So it wasn't always the smartest kids. It was like sometimes the weirdos that just talked a lot, but they weren't (laughs) afraid to just fail, fail with this word, fail. And then all of a sudden they know this phrase or word or paragraph. And uh, they were better at a second language because they just went for it. Whereas, like the you know somebody that was like a nerd or or that's me. Yeah, that was too afraid. Perfect. To, yeah, that's me learning languages. Uh, when I studied German in college, mm-hmm. and I was so terrified of speaking it. I was good writing it and reading it academic, yeah. and then when it came to talking and failing, I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, because yeah. what what if they know I'm a fraud? What if I'm stupid? Yeah. You know, That's because it. when you fail, then it's confirming your worst fear that you are, in fact, a piece of shit. Your unconscious, if, if your unconscious mind is telling you, I'm a loser, like this email, right. you know I'm a loser, you know I'm a loser, yeah. and then you do something to set yourself up, it's kind of a weird validation for you, isn't it? Yeah. Because then you can go, see, I told you I was a loser. And now you've won, quote, won in a really sick way. Yeah. Oh, oh that's brutal, man. Oh. That's brutal. It's going to oh. eat at your late in life. Yeah. Oh. And to get out of it's really hard because you have to go against your your native programming, that yeah. unconscious belief stuff of, of I'm, I suck or I'm a failure. You got to get over it. Yeah. So what do you think the difference was between the students who were able to just Go for it. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they, they didn't care or, or what, but some of those, like, I taught some little kindergarten kids, and one kid would get everything right, and, and his mom's like, yeah, 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 but it wasn't healthy, and the other kid was, like, more <laughs> playful, and his English was awful, but, and the mom was worried, and I was like, your kid's going to do, he's having more fun. I was like, in the long well, run, this kid's going to be better off than this other one who's possibly going to jump off a bridge at 18 because his mom is on him for everything and like right uh, i was like it's healthier your little you know ayato is probably healthier than kosuke What's you know? what are their names uh i had uh it was ayato and kosuke or oh were uh three-year-olds and then i had four six-year-olds and oh i would teach them God. for an hour a week and uh, it was adorable. It was so fun. Did they think you were a Kennedy? Because you do look like a they, Kennedy. Well, at, at that age, I don't know if they have in the mid-90s. A four-year-old Japanese kid knew what a Kennedy was. Oh, that's true. But, uh, but no, the parents, they were always like, oh, you, you, know, you look like a Kennedy. Or, uh, <laughs> they did know, huh? Well, yeah, the parents and the families, yeah. But they would, like you and I look more different than any two Japanese people. Yes, yeah. Which there's more range in us. So that's half, that's 120, 150 million people who look very similar. Yeah. So anything different, you stand out there so true Mm -hmm. like when i went to africa south africa jesus i can't imagine (laughs) it sounds so dumb what did they think you were russian (laughs) or american i guess well no there's white people there oh yeah but like they're they're the dutch whatever afrikaans and whatever but i just remember feeling like it was the dumbest thing to say out loud but i totally felt it like it's like you, the white people are the minority there like i got off the plane and i was like whoa this is what it feels like to be a minority like yeah I'm not the majority here. Like, yeah. Everybody's black. This is so fucking weird. Yeah, that would be a trip for an, for a white American. Yeah. Forget about it. Like yeah. Atlanta's pretty black, and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I, I feel this. Yeah. But it was so, and it was like, it's not America, so it's not like you're in Atlanta. You're in this totally different. You're at the Fox Hills Mall in yeah. Culver City or whatever. <laughs> it, so yeah. it was so weird. But but what you said was interesting. That what was the kid's name that just went for it and had fun? Um, I think Ayato. 
Hayato was yeah. able to have fun yeah. and to. He would take his clothes off in class like, in his little <laughs> naked Japanese body. Really? Four, three years old. Do yeah. they circumcise boys there? I don't. I think they're pretty. I don't know. I don't you know. You didn't look at his I dick? No, I didn't. I don't, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that process. And t- but uh, <laughs> but the other one was a little uptight, I think. Yeah. He was and uptight. His, cause it, and his you, mom was there for the whole class. That's what you said. And, like, and it was very t- careful, very careful. very. And it's like, oh, man, don't be. Don't be worried about being careful now. You know, color outside the lines while you got the now. chance, people. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, it's interesting. You said that the mom was there being neurotic. Mm-hmm. Okay, get a good job, good job. And good, then, good, no, yeah. no, no, you know, that kind of and shit. And an only child. Oh, and like, shit. And yeah, forget about forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Well, Ayato was a younger brother, had to fight for his, you know, his place at the table and stuff like that. And was also, it sounds like, given permission to slack, yeah. given permission to yeah. fuck up. Yeah. And, you know, hey, look, you can't go back and do your childhood over again, but you can kind of understand what makes people succeed. And it sounds like the ability to have fun with it and just be like, whatever, dude, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. We got to let the chips fall and I'll deal with those feelings. Yeah. Babe Ruth, come. Babe Ruth led the league in strikeouts as well as. Really? Runs. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. But I he, didn't know that. He held records in strikeouts. Wow. You know, he's swinging for the fences, baby. Like, it's not going to always go well. I think Barry Bonds led the league in strikeouts once in a while. Um, but Babe Ruth, for sure. I don't know about Barry Bonds, but those are the two two of the top home run hmm. hitters of all time. And, and the added pressure of being, wasn't he like the only black player or one of the earliest? Um, Babe Ruth was white. Barry Bonds was black. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I Hank thought Aaron. Babe Ruth was white. Hank Aaron, I mean black. Hank Aaron was the one you're thinking <laughs> of. I think, can yeah. I tell you something? Yeah. You thought I've, Babe Ruth was, was black, black all this these entire, years? Oh, that's 39 so funny. years of my life. Well, it is a chocolate candy yeah. bar, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, that must be why. It, yeah, right? it's chocolate. Yeah. yeah. It's, you think yeah. it's white chocolate. Yeah, that's so funny. Nut. Yeah. Maybe because the pictures were black and white. Now, listen, there's no justifying it. That was ridiculous. Um, who's the guy that did acid? And, and oh, the pitcher for the Pirates. Uh, he was a great <laughs> pitcher. It's an. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole. Does. There's a documentary on I've that. I've seen it. Yeah, it's, we just watched it. Name? I'm blanking on his name. I just watched it. Yeah, he was there for the 60s and 70s. Yeah. He was on some World Series teams. Yeah, Tom made me watch it. I'll Google it. Right it's then. so good. A pitcher who did acid, and he didn't. Even and he pitched a no hitter. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was. A, it was. A, it was a no. It wasn't a perfect <laughs> game. It was a no hitter because he did walk the bases. Doc loaded. Ellis. Doc Ellis. Yeah. Now, Doc Ellis was. I always admired people. Oh, he he played in L.A. Was yeah. he on? The Pirates, though, not the Dodgers. Oh, because the Dodgers wasn't the Dodgers yet, right? Yeah, they were here. They were here. Yeah, he played on them, (laughs) and then he cleaned it up. He got clean late in life and helped people. uh, get clean as well. But boy, talk about a sabotaging move! Imagine coming to play a game on on acid, right? Oh my God, can you imagine that? And 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 to excel and not even know because it's customary during those games not to talk to a pitcher if he's doing really well. So he was probably like, man, why is nobody talking to me? <laughs> I don't know if he even knew that he was pitching that well. But it's a great documentary. Dude, have you ever done acid before? No, we were talking about it in Denver, and you said not to at this point. Too old, you're too yeah, old. Yeah, I don't want to. But you can. I mean, look, you don't have any respons- like real... Right, because you're just on it all day, right? It just takes forever, a whole weekend to get off it. Put aside a good day, yeah. just a full day. To, yeah, 12 hours to get can real Can you take weird. half a hit or anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Which is, it's going to fuck you up physically the next couple of days. You're going to feel depressed and yeah. foggy. So maybe set aside three days, actually. Three days. I think okay. three days is the general druggy rule. Um, 
Oh, but he was also very rascally. Doc Ellis, um, in that documentary, he came out one day wearing curlers in his hair. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's so awesome. <laughs> Which I love shit like It's that. always funny when non-sports fans so are attracted to like a, uh, a sports situation or oh, story. It's it. like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. a good one. Well, I think because he was actually making a point about black hair, and I think they the league was like, they had weird restrictions Oh, cornrows or something. And they're like, yeah. you can't have cornrows. And so he's he like, go out. fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm black. This is what black people have. Yeah. And then he came out wearing um, curlers, I think, to make the point of yeah. like, what do you, you know, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do with my hair? Go yeah. fuck yourself, which I think is amazing. But um, but yeah, s- sabotaged himself too with the drug use eventually because you can't pitch forever. Yeah. Loaded, right? No, you can't do Like, yeah. I mean, he was done by the late 70s, I think. Uh, it's when he finished. I think he finished with the Yankees or something. But um, yeah, that's some self tap, right? You, yeah. you got this big league contract and you're doing stuff like it. that. You know, it always kills me when people get to that top, the top of the top, and then they pull the plug. Another on. comedian, Anthony Clark, was had the two yeah. sitcoms, and you know, is just a huge drinker, and like yeah. he just kind of disappeared. Right? It's like you had two different shows that went well. You know, I heard some. Um, I heard he had some stuff going on that yeah. he wasn't dealing with. I'm sure. Emotionally. Yeah. And that's sure. another one. That's another one that'll get you. They had to cancel his show. Uh, I think they had the final season planned and got through almost all the episodes. And then the final three were just canceled. No <laughs> no questions asked. No final episode. Uh, because they're like, this guy's too drunk, whatever, to show up. or, or Oh, what about Brett Butler? Yeah, did they cancel something? So my favorite was she was something like a few episodes away from getting syndication. So what that means is like you hit like is it 108 episodes that gets you. I always thought it was 100, but 108. It so might I don't be. know yeah. what the number is. Um, and what that means is basically now you're on payday for the rest of your life. Like if you can hit that syndication money number, mm-hmm. they're gonna play it on different stations for the rest of the you know your life, and you get a check. Yeah. And she was so fucked up. She wasn't coming oh, to rehearsals, and um, everybody and on the staff was like, "Bitch, we're almost there oh, to yeah. syndication. Yeah. You fucking show up. Right. You we, fucking show we, up. We will kill you bitch. off and just have the final eight, <laughs> dude. Yeah, because they you're responsible her. for a lot of people's jobs and careers yeah. and families. But I want to say that she sabotaged it, and they didn't make it, and that's why, like, so they, she's so hated. Uh, but the people that she had worked with at the time, because she screwed so many people out yeah. of that paycheck, that payday that could last yeah. for, you know, God knows how long. That's insane. Yeah. Dude, yeah, you got to, um, God, you got to take care. You got to have people close to you that, to share that, the pain or what, not, whatever pain or grief or the struggle. Like, you better share that shit. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to implode. So I wanted to also discuss um, motivation. Yeah. There's this great book by Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. I've referenced it before on this show, and uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, he talks about, Scott Peck, why people don't do stuff. I forget. Wait, hold on. I think, oh, I think because, uh, for instance, um, let's say, why don't I exercise? He goes, uh, because the pain of doing something, of not doing, so, let's, say, let's say you want you want to stop drinking. Sorry, let's do that one instead. You want to stop drinking, but the pain of stopping drinking today is greater than the long-term goal of stopping drinking ultimately. And because you think you don't have a future unconsciously, you go, well, fuck it. I'm just going to drink today. I don't know if I'll be alive in 20 years. Who mm-hmm. cares? Right. You get that attitude of like, yeah, but the short-term, long, you're not able to see the long-term. 
you just stay rooted in short-term right. gains, which is very painful because then what do you do? You blow it, you drink, you overeat, you do the thing you said you weren't going to do, yeah. and now, now you're back to square one. And the cycle repeats itself, and, and you're now you're in self-loathing. You're like, oh, fuck, I, I don't want to do that. And why, did I, and, and why did I do that despite that? And he says part of that is because of you don't see yourself really having a future. Right. It's the unconscious self-loathing. That's great. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of a bummer. That is. And, now, and then you look at people who... Who are the people you can call any time and go have a drink with? And those are usually not your winner friends, you know? <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't need any more drinking buddies. You know, you got to thin the herd as you get older. And uh, uh, I need people that, like, are go-getters about their careers. And you want to surround yourself with that. Yeah, right? And a lot of times I get motivated, unfortunately, by, like, I... Or fortunately, you see other people that you don't think are as good doing yes, well. Yes, I know? do that too. And you're like, oh, okay, totally. well then, screw that. I'm not sitting around. I'm going, you know. Oh, I remember the first time I saw somebody in comedy really, really succeed who I felt was a mediocre comic. Mm-hmm. And the first part of me got jealous and went, fuck them, how yeah. dare they, blah, blah, blah. And the second part went, whoa, wait a minute. If somebody with like a just a tiny bit of talent can get so far... That's awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> what does that say for me? <laughs> right? You're going to go, like, put it out there, guys. Yeah. You got to put it out there. It's not always about, like, what we said at the very top, being the smartest person in the mm-hmm. room, being the most talented. There's a whole lot of other stuff that goes into it. Did you read Blink ever? My yeah, well, yeah. I love his we, books. We overthink it. We. Yeah, you overthink your first like, thing. Yeah, just go with that first instinct. If you've been on the planet for 30, 40 years, you know more than you think. Yeah. And your first instinct is oftentimes correct. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm learning to do that too. Ugh. So also motivation. I do you read Tony Robbins ever? No, but uh, yes, we share big teeth. I mean, <laughs> we both have the big face thing, giganticism or something. <laughs> you do not. He, he's have a big it. dude. You do not have it. He's got the big jaw and stuff. No, I don't. But he he makes points. I'm sure this makes some good sense. He's yeah. willing to make fun of himself too. He was in the movie Shallow Hal. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. I, I like, you know, anybody that's willing to try to help other people, yeah. you know, sometimes they're corny. He does a lot of stuff like, say I. Like, Who here is Volbat? Say I. And then people <laughs> in the audience have to go, I. Like, yeah. I couldn't see him live because that would make me crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does stuff like walking on hot coals with Oprah. Like, yeah. she made he made Oprah walk on yeah. hot coals. And like... That stuff just annoys me. Yeah. Oh, when he has people stand up and do jumping jacks and shit and get excited, I'm like, oh, mm, yeah, could you yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm excited from my seat. Right. I'm excited to sit again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Louis C.K., yeah. I'd rather be sitting and doing nothing than standing and having sex. <laughs> <laughs> right? How do you say that? Said that's that yeah. <laughs> Which is so good and true. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My worst fear about having a kid, it's not like all the regular fears like, yeah. Oh, is he going to be a sociopath? Uh, is my life going to be over? It's like, I don't want to socialize with other parents and I don't want to have to go to things like fairs. Oh yeah. Or like the crowd, the crowd stuff and like, Oh God. Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah. like street fair. Yeah. Or like they had a block party in my neighborhood yesterday and they're like, you coming out? We got food. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to stay in. I love it. I love this. Yeah. Is, <laughs> this is a great, for your show, great episodes of oh, just like, it? no, no. Nah. We're, we're, 
I'm all We're good. good. I'm all friended up. Yeah, we, we don't want to risk. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I'm five months pregnant. It's not like I can drink and kind of kill that what, social, you know, like the no. initial pangs of like, I don't know you. I'm sure no. we have nothing in common. Yeah. Don't, let's not worry <sighs> about it. Not. Let's keep this at a handshake. Can we not? Okay, so Tony Robbins, in discussing motivation, if you want to read a Tony Robbins book, I recommend Awaken the Giant Within. Because he's oh he's a giant himself, yeah, yeah. literally. He is. Um, okay, so he talks about what is motivation, and like I think that's true. It's really not a topic that is easily understandable because a lot of self help books will just be like, just do it, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel like it, do right. it, and then you'll feel your way into thinking good or think your way into feeling good, acting yeah. your way into feeling good. Act your way. In. Okay. You okay. know, and sometimes that does work. Like if you wake up depressed, have you ever noticed that like just going through the motions of your day can often jar you out of yeah. whatever funk you're in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah just going just through the motions. That first step, get to the yoga class. Just get there. Just get That's there. all. You can leave early, but you end up not leaving early because you got there and you're like, okay, cool. Nice. You get okay. through Mondays, man. Yeah. You get to Monday night and you're like, oh, cool. We did it. Okay, yeah. the week's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can... But that that's just Monday, Sunday nights, Monday morning can be tough if you got that office job. But like you said, I remember that. I remember Sunday night anxiety. Like I still get it even unconsciously. Yeah. The thought of having to go into something you just fucking hate. Oh, it's the worst. But anyway, he talks about motivation and uh, what is called a pain threshold. Uh, He writes, this means experiencing pain at such an intense level that you know you must change now. A point at which your brain says, I've had it. I can't spend another day, not another moment living or feeling this way. And who hasn't it? Every one of it. I got to think everybody. Yeah. I got to think, you know, in that relationship, job, or being in neither, or living at home, or, you know. That's the worst. I think think the best example is relationship. When you, when you, you know, when it's time to break up with someone, it's like when you can't take it anymore. You're like, this is. I can't come home to this motherfucker one yeah. more name. Oh, that's got to be terrible. It's and you the worst, stay right? It. Yeah. And you, <laughs> and you stay in it for years, right? Yeah. People stay in those for years. Or jobs they hate, situations, and then eventually, I mean, look, this email that was sent to us, eventually, your girlfriend, buddy, is going to get sick. She's going to have to pass chemistry at some point if she wants to graduate. Yeah. Um, I know somebody that took algebra one about five times. Yeah. No lie. Because of the same mechanism of, I can't do this. Like, well, if you go into it thinking you can't do it, of course you can't yeah. do it. Of course. Yeah. But, um, and it's crazy. A lot of times it's a professor you just don't have, you don't gel with. Sure. A te- well, professor, a teacher before that. But, uh, yeah. Sure. Or maybe you've, you've grown up with a bias. I'm not good at math or I can't do this and that. And then you fulfill that. But, but isn't that the truth about reaching a, a pain threshold of, I can't do this shit this way anymore. Yeah. I can't. I can't. You ever quit smoking? No, I've never quit or started. Oh, smoke? No, no. So, but I can imagine it's brutal. Like, yeah, quitting is. is I've seen friends try to quit, and the mood they get into, and, and, oh, and they're right back on it. Yeah, quitting smoking. Yeah, I I quit when I was thirty. I started smoking at thirteen. I quit at thirty, wow. and it was because I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah. I'm a thirty year old adult. I cannot willingly poison myself. Because that's what that is, poisoning your body willfully. Like, I'm going to smoke. Am I out of my mind? And the pain of doing that activity over over road, over whatever the word would be, um, 
my desire to smoke. The pain of doing it, yeah, yeah, outweighed my ability. Like I, I couldn't not quit anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't do this shit to myself. That's great. What a great realization. I don't know if it's realization or just desperation. Bottom. Yeah, bottom. It's called (laughs) bottom, guys. Being a bottom, no uh, rock bottom. Yeah. bottom. <laughs> it's called yes in the gay community. It's yeah. This is about taking it in the taking back. it in the <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You got it. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's good. And then you got it over by thirty. That's great that you're done. Well, with I, that. I went to a hypnotherapist. Oh, okay. And but in one shot that they yeah. did it. I haven't smoked in nine years. Isn't that crazy? And wow. I don't miss it at all. Yeah, because I have friends that still, you know, Henry and Mike, <laughs> forty. Yeah, yeah. They just. That's and it is, so and it's, crazy. and it's with food. I think too. Oh, now you're boy, realizing yeah. that food. It's like, oh no, food's a drug. Like, and it is. It's like they get us hooked on this garbage, and yeah. now everything's, every place has free racha now. Oh yeah, and I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. You know, yeah. I put it on everything. Fucking white people, they yeah. co-opt one thing. Would you like three racha yeah. on that? And you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. Asian people be eating this stuff for years. Right, right, I did right. a Chinese guy. That's right. In you the 90s. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. We had that stuff in our fridge long before Whitey picked That's up on so it. Funny. Come on Jesus. now. Come on now. But uh but yeah, eventually you will grow so sick and tired of yourself that you for not for not doing stepping the thing. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with weight issues. You know it's funny now that I'm supposed to be eating all the time because you just you're hungry all the time when you're growing a human being inside yeah. of you. I don't want to eat now cuz I'm like, oh, I have to fucking eat again. Right. And before I was pregnant, I was always Oh, I wish I could eat. I'm so hungry. God damn, that's so funny. And now I'm over it. Yeah. I'm like, I I can't. I don't want to eat anymore. Does the, does the baby eat, like, he, baby just eats whatever? Like, could you, could you be like, <laughs> don't touch those wing, chicken wings, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you can have the salad. You can have the, like, yeah, the greens. But don't touch those, I don't yeah. know, this good stuff. Well, there was a couple weeks now where I was really into uh, Carl's Jr. Western Bacon Cheeseburgers. Oh, so good. I know, and That's then so I had one a few days ago, and it made me feel oh, so did it? sick. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, it's yeah. great. You now I'm over that. that. Oh, that's cool. The kid's over it. That you're over that stuff. <laughs> uh, no, the positive reinforcement. You know, like we were talking about uh, the movie Fight Club. Yeah. And my favorite scene is when they take that store clerk, and he puts a gun to it, takes his ID, and he's like, you, what do you want to do? And he says he wants to get into medicine. And he's like, all yeah. right, I'm going to come back in six weeks. If you haven't made significant strides, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, that is motivation, man. That is like great. Like he's going to eat his need. breakfast the next day so much better. Yeah, we all yeah. need that at certain points. You need in our that life. guy, yeah. the Fight Club guy, to come to your girlfriend's house and be like, if you don't pass your chemistry thing, right. I'm going to fucking kill you. That's it. And we'll see. <laughs> Once it's survival based, we'll see who's swimming, you know, from the shark or who yeah. can learn how to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my husband makes fun of me a lot because I have this real Eastern blocky perception of life because um my parents grew up during war torn hungry blah blah blah. everything was about dying so i've grown up with a real keen awareness that life is not infinite Mm -hmm. we are not here forever and in fact i'm going to be 40 soon and i'm going to be on the decline yeah we're going to be closer to the other side (laughs) yeah yeah so tiktok you don't have you don't have all the time in the world you're gonna die you know that right like i had a friend uh, this guy I've known since I was 18, he died at 42 of cancer. Fucking can't, like cancer. bowel cancer yeah. at 42. Who? It's terrible. And you think like, wow, I, that's so young. Yeah. It's so young. And I hope he did everything he wanted to do. I hope. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, do that's it way now. too young for can. That, that's not a car accident. That's cancer. That stuff yeah, was building. Yeah, bro. Yeah, Dude, yeah. You so. don't have all the time in the world. Um, do your shit. Get your life. That's motivation. That's the point. Is that actually I'm motivated by death a lot. Yeah. And I don't know, is that a negative or positive? I don't think it's either. It just is. <laughs> it could is. be both. Right? It could be, that could be a both thing. It's very existential. And I, I always I, I live by that of, of you don't have forever, man. And when you're afraid of something, I had a comedy teacher tell me this when I first started doing stand-up cause I, about nerves, you know, like, oh, are you nervous? He goes, just remember, you're not in a war zone. Yeah. You're not carrying cancer. You're not being shot at. No. You're going out there to tell some fart jokes. Yeah. Relax. And sometimes when I get in my head, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm not. What am I do- What is bigger than this? Right. Well, dying, cancer, yeah. war, all those things. Yeah. This is just me trying something that I might fail at. Right. Not getting. Because you're going to, like, no matter what, if you have a five-minute set and it goes awful, you're still a funny person that, like, you're going to get them laughing at something. And yeah. and sure, you didn't get them to laugh at every single thing. And as comics, we think, I didn't get them to laugh at every single thing. Yeah. But they just know that they laughed. That's all they know. They're not yeah. going, oh, you're one for ten. They're like, <laughs> you made a, me laugh, dude. That was fun. There's you know? someone in the audience keeping score. Yeah. Like, remember joke number five? Not so much. Yeah. Not very good. Well, well, there we go. Yeah. Do you have anything else, buddy, um, to add on this? What was, like, I'm trying to think in Pulp Fiction. For, I was yeah. thinking about Pulp Fiction because I was driving down, and I'm like, Redondo. Before I moved to L.A., I had no idea what the spots they were talking about in Swingers and Pulp Fiction were. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Redondo's here. Yeah. No wonder when they were in the valley for Joe's auto tuck, truck and tow. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you a ride. Where do you live? And he's like, Redondo. And he's like, oh, cab. You and your Inglewood buddy. <laughs> Too far. But I was thinking in Pulp Fiction when Bruce Willis, uh, he was going to take the dive. Yeah. And then he wakes up and the whole watch dream that he has yeah. about his dad's watch in Vietnam. I'm like, is that motivation? Because then he went out and killed the guy in the boxing ring uh, in the fight oh, in, that, in the movie. I, I, was that motivation or self sabotage? Um, I don't know. I think motive. Maybe it was because he was supposed to take a dive to make the money to oh, get the girl yeah, that's to the true. Then. That's true. Then that could went. have been self sabotage. Yeah. he could have just been like, cool, I'll take the dive and have all this money. But and his ego he blows that. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't. His ego couldn't take the blow of losing. Wow. So, but that's interesting. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. One way or the other, dude. There you go. Yeah, because he's like, F pride, man. Fuck it. You know? Um, <laughs> and he didn't. He, he went with pride. Ooh. That's scary. Yeah. Fuck pride. That's a great movie. It is. I saw so that movie good. in San Francisco when it came out. And um, during the ball gagging scene, the, a couple of gay dudes stood up and went, this is homophobic. Wow. Oh, God. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. God. That's when San Francisco was fun. When people hissed at like yeah. movie trailers yeah. and protested during the yeah, Hollywood film. So like, funny. yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well militant well. gays. I mean it's fun all the factions that result from all these, you know, movements and counter movements <laughs> and then it's like now we're gonna have militant gays that like everything's homophobic and <laughs> Everything's racist now and everything's, you know. I know. You know what, though? Sometimes they are. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Looking back, it's like, Sometimes oh. that shit is and, and you got to point it out, you know. Where it's, it's because it's like, oh, look at how awful that would be. And it's like, well, that's how some people live their life, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know. Um, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me, Mr. Pat Keenan. Yeah, we covered stuff, right? We did so much stuff. I hope this has helped you guys. Um, did you write your notes down? Did you have? Yeah, anything? we. Every, that's everything. That's everything we wanted to talk about. You know what I'm saying? You have farts written down here, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's week. that's my other show. Oh, okay. 
That's for your mom's house. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard your mom's house, that's my other podcast with my husband, uh, Tom Segura. Check that out. Come see me at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, August 7th and 8th. Send Pat Keen a song. Yeah, do it, guys. Let's let's build this together. Let's do it. It's so much more fun when it's like submitted from actual people like that just know you and like you. Um, what is your Twitter? At uh, Citizen Keen. Oh, Citizen Keen. That's a smart one. I'm dressed like a priest hitchhiking the wrong way, <laughs> downtown smart. LA. That's really good. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been Deep Bro. And uh, until next time, bros, take care. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with It's Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke. Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.